What's really going on, everyone? Back with another episode, season three, episode eight. As always, no alliance joined by Mackenzie and Henry. Before we get into everything, I uh, wanted to say thank you. It's now February 2nd. We've had an amazing month. Uh, so thank you for everyone who was listening. We had over, I think, 1,200 people who listened to us just on YouTube. So shout out to all of you. So be sure to follow us on all of our social media. That includes TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at WRGOPod. Be sure to like, listen, and subscribe on all of our streaming platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and of course, YouTube, where the numbers are going crazy. Mackenzie and Henry, how are you guys? I'm going to hit that little baby on you. You know? I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good, uh, I have to watch the performance, but that was like an innocent little video that went viral it was pretty cool the atlanta hero himself because some people apparently not checking for little baby i'm just i can't say i'm familiar with his work oh wow <laughs> we... that's well, any, crazy who, about you happy Noah. black his happy black history month that should go out the way first <laughs> there you go henry do you, henry do you want to talk about what we are doing or what you have been doing on twitter so far this week well, yeah, um, yeah, check out Twitter. Every day we've been honoring, uh, like, unforgotten figure or forgotten figure, um, rather. Um, yesterday, well, no, I'm not finna lie because I don't have my notes in front of me. I'm recording from my phone. So can you give the names we've ran already? Because I, I don't remember. I don't have my notes in front of me. Don't put me on the spot. I wasn't prepared to, yeah. to say such things, but hold on. Just follow us on Twitter. We're highlighting <laughs> hidden figures that you might not have recognized or heard about during Black History Month. Um, yeah, just follow us on Twitter. And a lot of them range from the founder of um, the Chicago Defender newspaper. That's who we yes. promoted today. Yes, um, yeah. And then we had um, the woman who was actually, someone corrected us on Twitter today. She was the first Black woman millionaire. Um, and she wasn't Madam C.J. Walker's employee. She was actually Madam C.J. Walker's mentor. Um, you might be familiar with her name. I forgot her name off the top of my head. I'm sorry. But you probably seen her from, if you watched the Madam C.J. Walker on Netflix, they definitely kind of covered that too. Um, but yeah, just follow us on Twitter and you will definitely figure out some um, or find out some new hidden figures. That would be Annie Malone. Yeah. There you go. Yes. We We're sorry, sis. We're sorry. <laughs> sorry, sis. for real. And that's my sorority. So like, I'm yeah. really, really sorry. Like my mind is just, I'm, I had a long day. I'm a, I apologize. I came from the gym. I stink. Get right with G if y'all don't in the Atlanta area, like hit my man's up. He really about that. Free promotion, but but anyway, can we hop on <laughs> hop on the? Uh, uh, I got you. I will be the exit ramp here. Boom. Okay. So the one the one thing that we the one thing that we haven't talked about that has been in the news recently, at least on the political front, and so would be kind of the one political story that we had today. Uh, my question for you all is: Is it too early to think about the presidential race? So. This week, uh, probably tomorrow or Saturday, the former South Carolina governor and Trump's former United States ambassador, Nikki Haley, is rumored to be entering the presidential race this week. Trump, who already declared last year in December, welcomed her as a potential opponent with rumored candidates Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, former Vice President Mike, Mike Pence, Senator Tim Scott, and Ted Cruz yet to declare. So is it too early to be thinking about the presidential race, or are you all like, deal with it when it comes up, or... 
I can't yeah, believe I can't believe next year next year is an election year, right? Oh my gosh, yes, I is. really can't even believe it. So no, then I don't think that it's too early because I mean I I wish it was too early. I don't want to start seeing more political ads and stuff like that, but um it's next year and we need to gear up because I definitely do think well Trump is actually running and based off all the names that you just said that are rumored to run, I definitely think Trump is going to beat them in a in a uh, get the Republican what is it, the Republican vote to actually primary, yeah. yeah the primary um uh, honestly, if he's going up against Biden so that's my thing that becomes my thing uh when it when I'm talking about this election or upcoming election like you've never seen a president not get the primary uh pick or whatever and Biden, although like I did see this clip to where he's actually helping the economy and doing certain things to where like he hasn't had a bad turn, like like I actually run. think he's been fine. Yeah, I think he's right, been fine. Right. Like it's just been a middle <laughs> yeah. ground. And I, I guess because of the Trump era to where like everything was in the media, in your face, it was so loud, it was all the time. Versus to where like Obama or like even some Republican president. I was young. I only really knew about Obama and Biden and Trump. Which in case, if you compare those three, Trump was the loudest and most noisiest. So like, I guess we're in a normalcy now of what we're, we're used to prior to Trump. And it maybe feels awkward because again, like us, we're just not really playing paying attention to politics our parents may know more than we know or some of our listeners even so like for me it feels like a normalcy of like okay this the president isn't really in your face all in the news like you know what he's doing if you're checking for you can find out what bills he's been with pushed through whatever but it's not trump has like every day he was in the news for yeah, whatever like you know what I'm mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah that's I, mean, my I think thing. it's yeah, to your point, I think he's done fine. And I think it's like, this is like a normal political thing. But also, like, I think the things that have that I would say have gone wrong, I wouldn't say are his fault, where it's like, he couldn't control that the Supreme Court abolished Roe. That had nothing to do with him. He couldn't control the situation with Russia and Ukraine. That was out of his control. He really honestly couldn't really control the economy, considering that that was kind of bound to happen, given that everybody had money during the pandemic because people were inside. And then all of a sudden, when people are back inside, the demand for everything increases. And because our way of the world has changed with working from home, a lot of people are either struggling to find employees to ramp up production. So it's like that kind of would have happened to anybody. I don't think he's done something that has been like Biden did this and this is a clear sign that something has gone wrong. I think a lot of the stuff is just like shit out of his control and he can't control the fact that like he tried to do a bill that would take 10,000 off of student loans but now it's being fought out in the courts that's out of his control yeah you so, took like, the words out of my mouth I was about to say that because his that was his big pledge to everybody mm-hmm. right and he somewhat went through with it you know he did what he could but like Noah just said like they're fighting that out in the court so it's not really his fault yeah. uh, so I think he should get more grace than he's going to get that's that will that will be one of bringing up the student loans in my opinion um because a lot of people especially media and like the more left no right i'd be confusing right wing uh persons 
they are going to like be very harsh and doubly critical for no reason. And then if we want to compare, you know, him to Trump, I would say it's a normalcy is what we should be used to and what should be happening. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. They're definitely going to blame him for inflation. Mm-hmm. And they're definitely yeah. going to, they're, I know Trump is going to hit them hard on that. Like, oh my God, this man couldn't even get inflation down. Like, I'll, I'll definitely fix that. But um, what y'all said is right. Definitely he should be given grace. But in reality, if it's really Trump against Biden, I, I'm i not confident. Biden Do we want to see that again, though? We literally just seen that. Like, I mean, so wait, what you think? You think Biden's going to, he's definitely still going to run. Like, No, that's like, what I was saying okay. about the president. He's like, right. I've never seen a president not get the primary pick. So what I'm saying is, like, we just seen that. We just seen that when, you know, what was that, 2020? 2020? Yeah, the only thing, yeah. the only reason, like, I've, I think I've been flirting with the idea that I don't think it's just going to be Trump, just because, like, weird shit happens. Like, no one would have thought that when we first started, like, okay, hey, this guy, Obama, is going to come in and win. Like, there, are, no one would have thought Trump would have came in and won. There are a lot of instances of, like, the fr- the initial front runner that was, you know, once Hillary, that was once this other people, like, all these other people come in, and then they just kind of lose it. I still think the only thing that's in Trump's favor is that America just we have a habit of repeating ourselves like mm-hmm. first it was bush then it was clinton then it was bush again this other guy obama comes in then hillary's a nominee then like biden who ran previous times before like consistency works but i also just feel like there's there's a ton of consistency but there's a ton of examples of like you come in as a favorite that, and you just get your head knocked off because that's just random shit happens but well i guess I'm to your between. point of like random stuff happening i think Trump might have been the first person to corrupt him in, like, the family order of days. Yeah, I mean, because, like, even if you go back to 2016, who would have thought that Donald Trump would be the Republican nominee and then president? Like, we've had two cases in a row where, like, the most, not the the person who you would not have expected came in and won. Yeah, and it's yeah, either, like, like, you're either, like, really random or really establishment. And it's, like... I don't know which one of those two things will be. So if I actually had to bet, I would actually say Trump is not the nominee just because I'm just going to bet that like. Well, let's pray. Let's I think pray. that like, but but I do. I Yes, there definitely are these random casualties of like an Obama who is, I think, really a one of a kind. I think so, too. Yeah, that's the but I really do think with the Republican Party and we've seen it before, I feel like. Are there like other cool, quote unquote, Republicans oh. that can like beat him and then we're gonna sacrifice trump in the primary and put somebody else out there but then can they really beat biden and i feel like the republican party is so big on they don't want to lose the they want to have control would they sacrifice it and give it to somebody new and that's 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 the only hard thing yeah now go ahead no you can go ahead but i was just about to agree with kenzie that's my that's my like one or two things with republicans they're big on like air quote loyalty so if you play into Mm -hmm. that loyalty which Trump very much does. Like, he's cool. He either has dirt or is cool. And, like, remember how Trump played, Noah? Yeah, he's got to bully everybody who try to run against him. I would be scared to even go against him. Literally. He was talking about Ron DeSantis' wife, right? Or was it Ted's wife? Ted Cruz's wife, yeah. The funny thing is, if I'm actually Trump, you would actually want more people in the race because that's how he won last year. Remember, it was like 15 people on stage and Trump was the only one who really had like a solid 30%, but no one else could get that because they were all factioned off into like 2%, 7%, 5%, 6%. 
And the way the primaries work, it's basically not like proportionalist. It's whoever wins, whoever number one gets everything. Mm-hmm. So like, I think there are less people, if, if Republicans want to beat Trump, they probably would, I would say, need to put either like probably just Ron DeSantis. I don't think he's a great candidate, but I think he's just- Oh, no, 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 no. Honestly, I think he's worse than Trump, honestly. Literally, <laughs> he no, he's really worse than Trump, bro. Like, I mean, yeah, like, I, I mean, a, I definitely yeah. think the front runners based off everything, but you, I do like Noah said, there do be the wild cards that come out of nowhere and like are just amazing or whatever yeah. and do really well. Mm-hmm. But based off like the Ted Cruz's and the Ron DeSantis, they're, they're, the, they're not moving in. Ron DeSantis, I think, can do it. Ron DeSantis can do it because I think he knows how to pick. He's like Trump and then he picks the smart fights. Mm-hmm. And that, like, when abortion came out, he said nothing. But I'll attack CRT. I'll attack critical race theory. That's not a thing. So, like, mm-hmm. I think he's just a little bit more politically calculated. But I I just think we'll have to watch because yeah. I think it's going to be, like, it's just going to be some random shit that's going on. So, Bro, really, it's not like, too early. I, I don't feel like going back to that, like, during Trump's pre- presidency, I was going to say pregnancy, <laughs> presidency i was stressed out a lot like i was stressed about my life the world like my future a lot i don't and the funny i bet if it was biden trump again i still think biden would win i think it'd be very close but like i so you you kind of took the words out of my mouth because like i guess in my head i'm i i was looking at georgia's past election like trump's pick did it make it mm-hmm. no, I, think, the I think people like people like the policies they just don't like the person which is why right. like, if Ron DeSantis can figure out how to do the policies and be like not a shit bag <laughs> like not someone like be that average Republican who's like yeah I'm racist but like I'm gonna package it in a way that you don't really know at first white people mm-hmm. like wait and do you that's, think that's what the, most Republicans uh, do do you think any of the uh like Trump has been like in court a lot <laughs> you think any of that is gonna play into him no, no they you don't know what i think he's gonna like if and if they do try to bring it up i think he's gonna try to deflect and bring up biden's paperwork that they've been yeah. investigating yeah. for months and like, but he just be like see how they're attacking me yeah, yeah. Like, so this is what always like makes me scratch my head a little bit did he really get it like he didn't get impeached for real I no, he he's an impeached. He got in, he got impeached twice, but he hasn't been um like removed. Like you can be impeached but okay. not like convicted. Removed. So he got impeached but not like so does that even that don't even matter to them either, huh? I think in, in terms of history, I think the history books it'll matter, but like we're well we're living it, so I think it'll be different. Well, they blocking our history, so they're not putting that in the history books for sure. <laughs> well, you know what they say historically, history Speaking is written by the victor. Yeah. History is written by the victors, and historically, we have not been the victors. So uh, moving on to a more serious conversation, uh, this is Tyree Nichols um, with kind of what conversation we need to have following his death. So if you're unaware, in January, uh, 29-year-old Tyree Nichols died after being beaten to death uh, by the Memphis Police Department. Five Black officers of the Memphis PD were fired and have since been charged with second-degree murder. It is key to point out um, that the officers were member of this so-called Scorpion Unit which was founded in 2012 to address violent street crime. According to the Washington Post, they were largely trained to use routine traffic stops as opportunities to find and arrest people for more serious offenses. Um, It is also worth flagging that Nichols was originally pulled over for 
what was first called reckless driving. However, there has been no nothing to kind of corroborate that. So it just seems like he was just pulled over. Those two things are very important that the Scorpion unit just pulls over people and that he was pulled over for nothing, apparently. Um, there are a lot of different ways that I think we can go with this conversation. But I think the first thing is that one thing that I was struck by is that I think we people have kind of glossed over the fact that the officers were black, I think largely to, I don't know, I'm curious your thoughts, whether it's to kind of protect kind of this black narrative, but I also think that it needs to be said that like, this I think allows us to actually diagnose the problem and that like, first it was, we need body cameras. Now, now we need more representation, but we've have yet to actually address like what these people are literally trained to do. And I think this offers us like a clear example to see like the problem is the system. But I think like, how say you all? Because I feel like we don't talk about the fact that these officers were black enough. Because um, I think that is actually a key piece of this, or that that now allows us to have a more broader conversation. That this is just bigger than race. Race is oftentimes a factor in this, but like we have to have a larger conversation about like what these people are trained to do, what they're told to do, and how that often crosses racial lines. But how say you all? That's what that was my takeaway. So sorry for the long, <laughs> the long intro. But curious your thoughts. I don't even know where to begin, honestly. Like, I really don't. But starting with the race and, like, people glossing over it, it's just, like you said, it's it's a systemic problem. But I also feel like, well, I won't say the whole Black Lives Matter movement, but I feel like amongst friends, we've kind of always talked about it is a systematic problem. It's not Mm -hmm. just white cops versus Black cops. But it hurt me a little bit more, obviously, that it was yeah. mm-hmm. cops because it's just also like knowing the stigma behind Black police officers and Black people in the street. How could you do this to a fellow Black person? I just, I don't even understand that. And then, but the system that you're a part of, the being a police officer, you feel like, or I'm going to assume that you feel like you are above the law. You can mm-hmm. do whatever, you can apply with force. But the other side of it that irritates me, and I do feel like this is why Black people might have been trying to not talk about the Black police officers as much, because if they were white, would it have been swift as swiftly done? And if I'm correct, one of the officers with them was white. I feel like I've read. And just one no. of the ones who came later. Yeah. Oh, yes. okay. Yes. Right. And yes. he was not uh, like as swiftly dealt with. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Yeah. And that's why I think it's just it's so many layers. There is one the system systemic systemic problem, and then I also just think on a human level of I just because speaking to police officers and you know police officers always say you know we're here to protect you and we want to talk against uh or speak out against cops who don't follow the rules or you know we have that whole they have that whole PR statement that we don't condone Mm -hmm. this and all of that or whatever but then it's like in real time you used your badge and you killed somebody and now it's kind of like another thing though this is kind of sidebar they were also in the fraternity Omega sci-fi and they were, they, um, what is it? Ban them or they mm-hmm. dismiss them or whatever yeah. from the organization. Yeah. But I also think. Some the of organization, the officers to clarify. Oh like, yeah. Okay. Two of yeah, the officers. Oh yeah. Yeah. All of them were members. Two of them were members and they were dismissed. But I think another thing that kind of made it unfortunate to me is that Omega sci-fi, at least correct me if I'm wrong. They never put out a statement or an official statement. Um, I don't, because like, I, 
I don't. Delta, I don't I'm Delta. a Delta and Delta Sigma Theta put out a statement that we don't condone this type of stuff. And no, I we did too immediately. But I guess that's to your point. Like, I that's what I'm like mm, because I seen something like literally before we got on this call that was like referencing certain things about this event. So that's what I'm like mm, I don't know because I didn't get to read it all. Um, and was it wasn't official. Omega. No, Omega. it was uh, from Omega Sci-Fi. So mm-hmm. like. That's why I was like, mm. so I don't know 100% if they haven't said anything directly toward the issue. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, it's not about the fraternity. Let's it's it's not, but, it's but not let me, the only the reason, the only reason I brought that up was because I feel like all of it plays a part, a, a part in condemning the system of police officers using force because you, we all have to speak out against it, even if they are black. This is wrong. This mm-hmm. is harmful to black bodies. The outcome is the outcome. Is the so outcome insane. is the outcome, and this is something that we have to stand on. And we can't just be, well, they were black, so maybe we can't do that. But go ahead, Henry. I mean, I'm like, I'm just like breathing because one, I'll be like, it's 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 been a world like my mind has been in like just whining thinking about this issue because to your point like they are black officers majority um and from my i've never had a serious altercation or run-in with a police officer and i thank god for it because as my friends you guys know that my reactions are sometimes more adverse than necessary which in case i i just I know from like the little instances of a cop saying something to me or addressing me, nine times out of 10, it's a black or a Latino or an other cop. And they always seem more aggressive or more just harsh. Or they have something to prove or like. Right, because they're wrapped up in a systematic like training and chaos of existing in a place that you don't necessarily feel comfortable. Like uh, I was watching this show the other day and they spoke toward a point of like a black person being one of the only few people in a room. So imagine being in a, involved in a like your job, your, your day-to-day job, and it is to go out and perform these uh, egregious attacks on people for real Mm -hmm. because I literally I meant to do it again I don't have my notes in front of me but like what are the statistics real time on how many like uh crimes do cops actually solve like in real time because I cannot think to any point like if a cop shows up to uh, scene, they're nine times out of ten going to make it worse. Like, that's just my experience in preview. Correct me if I'm wrong. So it becomes a, like, question for me to, like, realistically, like, what are these people here to do? Because I know what they were founded for. They, like, in, like, original times. And that system continues to just, like, um, can't think, I'm like getting emotional and losing my words, but point of case, like that system continues to go on and on and on to where like we are dealing and talking about the same issue every other month. And like, we have these fake progressive leaders who are in these offices wanna like defund, do this and do that. When like, realistically, like a lot of budgets just got increased. I know Atlanta budget just got increased. They're building some uh, big old uh, facility for officers to go train and crap ass so like 
this is a black city, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do we keep funding a system that's not benefiting our people? And it gets frustrating. And it, like, I don't even know how to speak about it or toward it or what to do about it because it's like, like we have these same conversations. We, McKenzie, this is how this podcast really started. Mm-hmm. Our sophomore year in college, we were about like- Was you it Mike Brown? Literally, no. yes. And friend. you were like, I'm yeah. not going to March because like, what is that going to do? And I'm like, no, like, I, I, I went out to March and like halfway through March and I'm like, okay, like, okay, like the cameras are out here. They hear us. They're going to put us on the news for like 10 seconds and then we go back to regular life until yeah. it happens again. And I think like it, like it's just the system because the, the Scorpion unit, when you described it, stopping street, what, what was it? Stopping... It's basically the, like stopping street, like organized crime. It's like, it's some like and, very long, ambiguous thing, which is part of the problem. Yes. Like, and that's having another stuff thing, like that as, is part of the problem. As a black person. And if I was a police officer and we have these conversations, you are educated, at least to some degree. To me, that's a red flag. Why are we just stopping? That to me says stop every black person that looks suspicious. That's and, literally and stopping Fritz in another Yeah. <laughs> and as a black person, like not even a cop, why aren't you asking these questions? I feel like that is your duty if you really want to protect and serve. But again, Mackenzie, like, you know, when working in these spaces where, again, you're one of the few black people no so no 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 you're ne- because like, yes, your yes those officers you don't think the same way That's i mean what, that was my point that was yes my point. yes no I'm you're saying. right yes but and I'm, I'm not I'm giving just... nobody no benefit or a doubt or passion. no no i understand what mm-hmm. you're saying i'm just saying to to like a regular person that's not let's say even uh like when this when i was in high school and trayvon martin he he died on my birthday bro and that's so crazy to me but nonetheless uh, I was on my way from Howard and my I come from a military family. And when we heard about the issue, we I, we started talking about it. And my, I don't want to say brother-in-law, but like he's a f- close friend of the family. Uh, he's the father to my niece and nephew. So like, whatever. Uh, he kind of like talked me through how like a police is trained versus how uh, like, uh, like a, duty officer like a, a actual person in the military is trained and like he said then and if I had the same conversation with him now I think he was saying an officer should one be trained like the military two they should have to have a college degree or some type of like education that helps them understand the preview of law they're they're actually enforcing because I as a person have never understood that a lawyer somebody who's practiced like went to school to practice law to like kind of change the law for real they have to go to school for eight plus years but a police officer has to go to training for six months with a high school diploma and like most of these people probably went to public schools so like that's when it becomes like uh like i don't know how these people think for but real you know i'm not talking about just the officers because that. the police chief who made the comment that i guess that they were just dis- those <laughs> when you're up there you're educated and she no, that's She's a black a woman black too. Woman. And and so and then why did it take this situation to happen for that unit to be disbanded? Because I'm like the fact that that was the protocol to like look at people at stoplights and then charge them yeah. knowing this climate and knowing And one Go ahead Noah. 
No, I'm, no, I'm so sorry. I finished the thought. I'm so sorry. No, I was just saying, like, I just feel like the reason why people have a disdain for cops, and it's not just because of these type of situations, it's the lack of transparency. It's the lack of, like, what is going on in there? You all are saying that we should trust you all and you are doing the right thing, but then you have this random unit that this is their, their reasoning and this is what they're told to do every single day. What even is that? You just stop somebody one, at a stoplight? Yeah. And the one thing that I was going to point out um, that you, I think, transitioned me to perfectly, Mackenzie, by just talking about the Scorpion unit, the re- it was created last year or in 2021. And the one thing that people haven't talked about, and this is like my frustration with how we talk about policing in general, is that in the past, since COVID, there has been a like a large spike in violent crimes, especially in our community, in terms of gun violence, homicide, you know, auto theft, like all these things are happening in our community, but leaders are responding to it in the worst way where it's like we're not having then a conversation about like homicides are up okay like let's address how these things are happening in terms of poverty in terms of all of these other things in terms of lack of educational opportunities social opportunities financial opportunities it's just like these things are going up so we're just going to respond to violence with more force and it's like we don't actually unpack like okay yes Crime indeed, like homicides has gone up in DC. I know homicides have gone up in Atlanta and it went up a lot in Memphis, which is why the Scorpion unit was created. But then it's like, okay, let's unpack that. We're going to try to solve homicides by then just randomly pulling over someone with the hope that they were then going to do something violent. It's like, you can't tell me that that's like what all of these big brains put together. That's not an equitable solution. And I think we need to talk about it in terms of like, yes, you know who needs policing more than anyone else in terms of like, what, because violent crime happens to us. So we actually do need structures in place in terms of like social, like social education, all these other things, safety, black people want to be safe in their neighborhoods. That's like a perfect thing, especially when we live in neighborhoods that are oftentimes more prone to violence based on stats. Like we want to be protected. We want to be served. But like then the methods that then go about it are the scorpion unit. And you're just like, you can't tell me that that's solving what you know the average you know family is dealing with in memphis who's just concerned about their kids coming home from school it's like you can't there has to be a better solution and i think that's what i would want the, the police chief to answer it's like how did you come up to this how did how is this your solution of all the other things that you can do hey mayor why was this your outcome i think that's the thing that like this all gets lost in is that like there is a societal and economic issue here that is just like, but we're just not going to address it, but we're just going to send more police in unmarked cars. And uh, and that's like, the, <laughs> make it make that's sense. That's the frustrating thing, bro. It's so annoying because that is always their answer, bro. And to your point, like there is no deeper conversation. And I guess like to my points of making earlier, like when you talk about the people that are again in these, they're not concerned about, I don't think the societal effects or how that, which That concerns me when, again, we repeatedly have the same conversations and go through the same routines of like maybe disbanding. Like this is national news every day at some like one way or another. So how not on local levels, why aren't police asking to your point, McKenzie, what I was attempting to maybe rationalize with is like why they don't think about it? Why is it not a deeper conversation? Like why is Okay, we see that this situation happened this year, and then last year was this person, and last year was that person. And no disrespect to names, I'm just not trying to mess around. It's too many two names. Yeah, it's and too then many, it's like too, too many, many two names. Names. 
But point of case, why aren't local police or deputies or county sheriffs or Georgia Patrol, whomever, having the deeper conversation of how do we mitigate or mitigate this issue to where we it happens less often? Or to your point, like we know the neighborhoods to target to catch these criminals, but okay, why aren't you like targeting these neighborhoods to like fix the problems and not like redeveloping, gingifying, like over police and push them out and whatever that like weird <laughs> equation is, <laughs> locking us up more, paying us less, pushing us out. Like, cause even just getting rid of the officers isn't solving the problem. That's like, not going to solve the problem. I think, I mean, it's, I won't say it's completely sweeping it under the rug, but the unit shouldn't have even been a thing. It existed in the first place. Yeah, it shouldn't have even been a thing. So that's an, like, they have to look internally and like have a serious conversation because I can't stand when they get mad about, oh, y'all don't want us to, y'all don't want to fund the police. Y'all want to fire the police. Who's going to protect? And like you said, no, I want safety. I don't want to be mm-hmm. feeling unsafe in my community. However, when a police officer comes around, I don't necessarily feel safe. I, I feel more unsafe. Actually. Yeah. So <laughs> there is something yeah. that systemically that they need to look within and completely reform. But I don't think that that's ever going to change because there's always been a lack of transparency. Yeah. They are not open. Because that's what I was yeah, going to say. And that's, like, yeah. These people, like, nobody knows, like, not nobody knows, but like, you're not gonna fix a problem until you have to, or like until like until you have to for real. So like realistically, if nobody's putting pressure on them day to day, it's as to like have these conversations, fix the problem, whatever. It's just gonna keep happening. That that's what becomes frustrating for me because as a person who like toys around with the idea of maybe running for like office one day. I would maybe want to have that conversation, but like, where do I even get started? And I guess that's why you run for office because that's when you get the ground, like ability to actually go firsthand, do something about it. But on this side of it, it's like, bro, like I, I, I'm tired and it's real. Like, what can I do? Like, what can I do about this? Yeah, and I think it's like, I think and before we move on, I think like the really frustrating thing for me is that like, to your point with Mackenzie of like, we want to have this protection and safety, but then it's like police come at it from a view of like, you see this one community that might have a higher you know, propensity of crime. And then you throw away everyone in the community. You throw away the entire neighborhood is worthless when it's like, yes, there are individual bad actors in every single community. But then you then say everyone in this neighborhood is now a threat. And if you know anyone who lives in communities that are you know, economically impoverished, there are tons of people who are just working hard. And police don't see it as that. And these are hardworking communities who often have just less opportunity. But then in the inverse, if we say, hey, there are police officers in this instance, this instance, and this instance who are bad, but you say, no, don't throw away the whole system. You just are throwing away the whole system in terms of there's one bad actor in the community. Now, every Black person is a threat and a target, which is why you're pulling over cops. But five bad actors, all of a sudden, we have to have faith in the system. It's like you're asking for something that you don't even believe. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like, to me, the real hypocrisy of all this is like, the thing that you are asking for, for us to do to you, you don't even do for us. Like, this person was just going home, no reckless driving, but you pulled them over. So you're throwing away, just because he was in a neighborhood, you're now throwing Uh away him? Like, what? Like, 
I digress, but um, he didn't deserve that at all, bro. Like he yeah. really looked harmless. But nobody, nobody deserves nobody, that. Nobody Where, you like, are a civil servant. Like <laughs> yeah. you are not supposed to. Even if he did do that, he didn't. He didn't deserve that at all. Even if a person, no, hundred percent. Like no. Um, moving on. I think this has been a great episode so far. Um, so I think we are going to have another uh, conversation about Kenya Barris and you people. Um, this week, I'm sure as you all know, if you are on social media, uh, you people premiered on Netflix uh, to create a larger conversation about his work, his storytelling. Um, I have not seen the movie. I'll be upfront about that. Um, Wait, I've read a lot about it. I, I didn't see it. I don't. I didn't really have an interest in seeing it. I'll be frank. It was okay. Like before, him, yeah. let me let me not sound like a hater because people people I think were a little. No, people. Are, I feel like people are really go, being overly critical. To be honest. I think that's I, I give it a six out of ten. Like it was a cute, it was a cute little movie, but realistically, in my opinion, if it wasn't all of the celebrities in it and it was just regular actors, like people would not even be that into it. Cause it really was not, I don't know. It was funny and had its moment. It was a cute little rom-com for sure. But I definitely think the celebrity cameos kind of pushed it to make it be like, oh, but so like that point, that point, and that point, that point. Because for me, I looked at it. This is a rate. Like I can go on Netflix and Hulu right now, find ten movies just like that corny. That's funny thing. I was actually going to say that. So say that. that's what's pissing me off about this overly critical whatever. Because for me, we just kind of had this conversation where we were talking about Kanye and the stuff that he was addressing. Then we talked about um, the best Kyrie and the comments he made, like. That's the same conversation in this movie if people aren't like aware. So to me, observing it from that front, I'm like, okay, this is a comical way. Again, like how we talked about Dave Chappelle and when he did his skit on Saturday Night Live and how he made it digestible. It made it easier to talk about. To me, that's what the movie does. Like it lets white people see, like, okay, damn, like I don't have to act this awkward <laughs> around black people. Jewish people, people, Jewish people, not white people. There is a difference. I don't mean any harm. I'm I'm speaking in my native tongue. <laughs> um, Jewish people and Black people. And they were Muslim. And Muslim. So not just regular Black people, because I'm Did Black you? and I'm not Muslim. So point in case. There's so much to From the diasporas of colors in on each side, right? I feel like they could watch this movie and make light of it to where like dang it's not that deep bro just accept people for who they are love them let them be that's how I took it I think the jokes you know they hit some of them hit some of them miss like Mackenzie said the actor came from Eddie like Eddie Murphy we expected to be knee slapping laughing but like it's a white movie guys and then you know Jonah Hill and Kenya which y'all should read that rolling loud article rolling out i said rolling loud yeah, <laughs> i'm tired wait, I told you. Wait, rolling, stone. Rolling, stone. rolling stone rolling stone rolling stone <laughs> you completely wrong wait what's the article i dropped it in it's an interview camera. it's an interview it's an interview with him um, yeah where he talks it's about an interview with kenya like just giving his insight we'll tweet it out. yeah we can tweet it out but um and you can include it in youtube but nonetheless mm-hmm. um he was speaking about just his matriculation through Hollywood and why he tells the stories. He chapter, you know, like a lot of jokes to worry him or like 
Drake's baby looks like Kenya Bears made it, or like why is he overly talking about biracial stuff? But that like that's his truth. And like to a point he made in the article is like black people really don't have a solid space in Hollywood, right? Like we know Tyler Perry's there, we know like his other actors and producers, but like they're still we're still trying to get like top quality productions and not like low budget black films. So to that point, I feel like he's been able to have uh, commercialized black media. No, no way you put it like, and I enjoy Blackish, and then I enjoy the remake of Shaft. And there's certain things he do that like it works, and then other stuff is like, eh, he's playing into what he knows. But I'd rather him do that and make it more like it's not Tyler Perry. Like it's not making us look bad. I would wish it was more like uh uh like color at like you know more like it wasn't just about biracialism it was a like yeah I mean I think I think that's I mean but that's like the fuss but that's the frustration is that I think it's like like of course yes like it's great to have Kenya Barris and it's great to have you know black writers in the room who are acting directing and leading their own productions that's amazing but then I think it's like and, you know, and this also gets like the conversation that we had last week is that like, do we actually put too much on these sole black people who are super uber achieving? I think this could be one of those cases. But I also do think like there is there can be a real both things can be true. Yes, Kenya Barris, we might just be placing too much on you. But also it's like, yes, you are telling our stories. You're one of the few. So we are going to hold you in a higher regard for telling a diverse group of stories that doesn't have to do with just marrying white people. And I think it's like, even if you do it, there can be a certain way to talk about it versus like just trying to throw like a like a like a happy face on this. And even playing into like, OK, yes, yeah, so we're going to write this thing where it's a Jewish family and a Muslim. Family. Like what? Like, I think that that's where it just gets to be like, OK, but, but like, like you're, you're over representing your perspective. Happened. My bad. I mean, to cut you off. No, I just think there are, I just think there are other stories that need to be told and for him to reach this level of success, I think you can branch off and it's clear. I don't think he wants to, or he can, which then I think gets to another conversation, but I think that's, it's the, like, that's the hard, that's the hard conversation again, because how, uh, when, when we have the conversation about mass media, who owns production companies, et cetera, et cetera, the conversation that was happening in America, I, I think he took a stab at making it more digestible. That it was like a time, place, rele- relevancy type of I don't thing. I think we've seen enough evidence that I don't think this is him just saying I want to make something digestible. I think he's just speaking to his own experience, and he, mean, similar to Tyler yes, Perry, Tyler yes, Perry speaks no, often to his like, own experience, and it's like we are often prisoner to these, you know, once in a generation writing talents who speak to just their experience, which is why I think Issa Rae is so unique. She speaks to experiences that are not hers, and. I think it's like, it can be tired of just saying like, hey, you married a white woman. Okay, we get it. There's other stories that need to be told about just, which is why I think um, Tyler James Williams speech at the Oscars was so brilliant where he basically talked about like, there's beauty in the normal. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we don't have enough of that of just, hey, here's this working person who's experiencing life and trying to get married. Here's this working working person. Here's a single dad just trying to live his life and do Mm -hmm. things. Those stories are told on, for white people, I just, I'm watching a really good show that I like called Fleischman in Trouble on FX, which is just about like a now a divorced dad trying to find his way. Like we don't have stories like that. It's always, it has to be, here's this racial conflict and how will it be? Oh, well now it's funny. And now we're trying to do this. It's like, can we just be? 
Can we experience yeah. the life that we all do every day? And we don't have that. And that goes with the funding. That goes with um, research, etc. Like my friend, who, whose house I'm in, who's providing this beautiful backdrop, is a filmmaker. So, like, will they get to tell those different black stories? We don't know. I think because at this of, level, though, if it if it was like, because then we have the Quinta Brunsons who came out of nowhere and created Abbott Elementary, and like, and that's, that's amazing, that's, right? Like, but, but Kenya Burris has a lot under his belt where I don't think this is a funny and a lot more years and a, and a lot yeah, more years and a lot more freedom be, that, to create his own thing. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't think you would be right, Henry, if this was some new person just trying to get their feet off the ground and just trying to make it in the room or whatever. But Kenya has been in the room for a very long time now. He signed a hundred million dollar deal with Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> like we do expect it. Okay, but what's the wait, wait, hold on. Well, we of can, that deal though? Like, what? was it creating the content that we're used to seeing, or is it creating new? I mean, he had Black AF. He had Black AF. That yeah, show. I think he's had like this was. There's just, a consistent he theme here. To tell this story. <laughs> in, in I'm not disagreeing with y'all. You know my role on the podcast to be devil advocate. Point in case, um, I I agree with what you're saying. In case of like, he definitely could. T- he has the resources to tell black stories for sure a hundred percent why he's not doing it i don't know am i like uh tickling the fence or whatever the fence straddling the fence um to where i'm like giving him the benefit of that after reading that article and attempting to like go into his perspective like "Mm, okay maybe i understand why he's doing it but you guys point I like tell the story about this fresh down nigga that worked his way up from the country to Howard and now he popping his truck in the corporate by the, you know what I'm saying? But that's a great story. Can you come holler at me? I got some stories to tell. It is. But, like, I hear you. I hear you. But I mean, the bro not doing it. I, I can't be mad. I'm just saying it was a decent movie. I think y'all need to stop being so hard on it. I mean, you know what? But I think we are still in a great space of like, we we mm-hmm. have a Kenya Burris and we have an Issa Rae. We have a Quinta Brunson. We have yeah, not that beauty. many. And even though we do talk about Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry is still a space where people can go and watch some type of content and feel and see themselves. So we do have a lot more options, what I'm grateful for. But I do just feel like with Kenya Burris, do a little bit more, like do a little bit more lead work. Cause blackish, I mean, I wasn't completely into blackish. Like I have no, I mean, not completely into I, I didn't whoa, completely whoa, watch whoa. it. No, no, no. What I'm about to say is no, I like blackish. Did I watch every single episode? I wasn't, I no. wasn't watching it consistently. Yeah, I wasn't yeah, I was. watching right, it, right, right, right. but I 100% respected what that was about. And I love seeing a black family unit with two popping ass parents. So like you're capable of doing this. You've done it for years and years. <laughs> and years. Yeah. 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 I think that's so, the frustration. It's yeah. like you're eight. He showed the ability to just kind of show us and be funny because not everyone can. Yeah. Which is why so I think Abbott Elementary. Point, though, I, mm-hmm. I, Twitter was having this conversation and you brought up Issa. You know, they wanted to cast Lauren London in that role as like Issa. Wait, what? Yeah. Or Insecure. Or Insecure. The network wanted to cast. Lauren London, who's a lighter tone female in that. that role. I mean, well, that's that's HBO. Clearly, you said so no. to your to to so, so to you guys's point of like these people being able to exist on these platforms. 
it's all it, I don't think it'd be us all the time. That's all I'm trying to get to. Because like I don't think it, it is would, I don't think know, it is either. That, that's that's the point I'm trying to get to. Like I don't think people are not trying to tell our stories to because to your point, Mackenzie, we have so many black creators who are actually in these rooms that has have the voice and the space to tell these stories. The pushback comes from who's financing and housing the storytelling. Because mm-hmm. at the well, end I'm of the day, I'm glad that Issa stuck her ground and played that role because no, kudos to Issa. It just wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't, it have, wouldn't worked. have worked, but also <laughs> we don't. It, but like just being ourselves, like a, yeah. a darker yeah. skinned woman, a brown woman with natural hair, short hair at the beginning, and she had her boyfriend who was on the couch and have a job. That's a real experience. And not saying that Lauren London couldn't embody that. I'm not saying that at all. But like. You don't always see a dark from a dark woman looking like me with my little hair and my afro and like yeah. talking to herself in the mirror and doing that. You don't see that. Yeah. All and and I think that's like the, the really interesting thing is that I think like, of course, like the last the black shows that I think have been the best over the past 10 years are Abbott and um and Insecure is because I think it's like oftentimes I think, you know, and even like black writers even like fell into this own trope is that we have to be fantastical to be funny. We can't just like exist and have the natural things that happen in our life that brings us comedy and makes us laugh that we can't present that on TV. That's not what we, that's not what the world thinks it's funny. And it's like Abbott and insecure. We're just like, just like, just live. Mm-hmm. Comedy is in our lives every day. We don't need to kind of like do this flare over the top thing to bring joy. And I think that's what like, that's what I wish more people would do. And like, there should be a black version of the office because that would be really freaking funny. But we don't we're not thought of i think it can be if the right person wants to write it yeah we we are funny in every that's the thing about us is that we are hilarious avid and insecure just kind of prove that we are funny in just our conversation the way that we Mm -hmm. act the way that our families act without being you know typecast but i guess that's what over the top it's not a full black cast, but you have that, like, when you say, like, can that happen? I mean, who would have thought teachers in a Philadelphia public school would have been funny? And I also like, think given that a lot of people's, like, teaching was kind of thought to be the really good, respectable job. My mother's a teacher. A lot of people in our families, teaching was the thing that we went to because we couldn't do anything else. So it's like a lot of, I mean, shoot, I know a lot of older black women who are teachers. So, like, I see my family in Miss mm-hmm. Howard. I see people who I know in these people how many people do we know who graduated college became teachers that's real shit yeah. <laughs> like that's real shit yeah. and I think it's like there's beauty in that in like an actual experience that is funny because it's true and it doesn't have to be like let me do this over the top thing or let me center it on race relations like it doesn't like that's not that doesn't have to be the awards. joke anymore yeah and that doesn't have to be all yeah. okay so like I hate to be this again, you know. I just play, you know. I like to play the, like I be on the bench. Point in case, I feel like these uh, award shows are pandering. Like, you know, Angela Bassett deserves, baby. She deserves Angela Bassett always and forever. We'll take it though. Like, I'll I'll take it. I don't even care okay. because this because, because this one is that good. Oscar. This one's well deserved. Okay. This Those one is well deserved. Wait, no one was talking about like. Um, shows and because I wanted to go see this on Broadway, but didn't get the chance. Did you go see the piano lesson? Oh, the Samuel Jackson play? It's yeah, still, it's still on Broadway. I, I didn't. I mean, it closes out this month, or it oh, just okay. out, if I'm not. I didn't now. see it. My friend saw it. Broadway tickets are expensive. Yeah, they are. 
But I will say about like, but when you talk about pandering, it's like, okay, maybe the Golden Globes is pandering, whatever. But then you look at the Oscar nominations and it's like, it's not that many of us are people of color. So like, remember the Golden Globes didn't happen because of the uh george floyd and they didn't like it was racism i mean they didn't they didn't have any they didn't have any members who were black so it's a natural issue (laughs) so then they come back and put all these black nominations up the oscars they did it a few years ago so they don't have to do it now they can go back to regular programming so like i guess if, if anything i think the conversation to have is that i think it's just how these institutions, and I think as a music lover, this is always the thing that I have with the Grammys is that they're just like three years too late, always behind on shit that we be doing in real time. But I just think it's interesting that I think um, the position that they do put these black hosts who want to join, I think that to me is an interesting conversation is that like Gerard Carmichael was upfront about it and it was honestly really uncomfortable. Like, okay, yes, you are this you are standing on something that you're even admitting is against what you're saying, but that check is really nice. I felt his uncomfortable. And even I was kind of torn because I'm like, you got enough money, but that's a lot. I think that's just an interesting conversation is that these organizations, once they get pulled back, they then rush and say, who, as Gerard Carmichael say, now I'm the black face of a beleaguered white organization. And I think that to me is a really interesting conversation is that like, how do you choose to do that? And but to- that has to go through your mind. So how we started the conversation with you people and a lot of our fellow bison were kind of like offended with the joke in the movie that where she was uh, kind of like the black Harvard. Yeah, the black Harvard. And we all see that as put equating our success to a white success or whatever. So like to this same degree to where the accolades are Emmys, Oscar, whatever. Yeah. Why isn't the BET or the TV one or the NAACP award enough? We ain't gonna do BET though. We ain't gonna do BET right now. Look at your face. Look at, that's what I'm saying. BET having issues though. I mean, no, I agree. No, the funny thing is, I would agree. I think that more people should go to the BET awards because we are your baseline for success. If you're not good with us, you're not good with them we make you successful with them. So don't forget, I think more people should go to the BET Hip Hop Awards because guess what? They're the ones who are actually giving us some run. But BET has to also do better because BET has been criticized for being not inclusionary, not including Mm -hmm. Black LGBTQ people, trans people. And they, so BET can do a lot better too. But I do agree. Like, I do think that all these celebrities, once they get on and they really famous, they stop going to the BET Awards and stop really showing up. And and I don't think that that's cool. Yeah, but, uh, yeah I was actually, I, no, funny enough. I was Beyonce's actually busy. That. Don't do that. No, the funny thing is, I was actually going to say that. But Henry, but to your point about the Howard joke, I think that gets to another frustration with Kevin Harris's writing is that he's not writing. Oh, yeah. Lord, my dog barking. Hold on. Yeah, get that little thing. No, I no, that, 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 like, that see, when, that when I saw know. that, uh, uh, go ahead. When I heard her, when that was her line to say, I was like, couldn't nobody in that room go to an HBCU or really be? I said, said you took the words out of my mouth. You took the words out of my mouth because I said, clearly he wasn't right. That he, yeah. whoever in that room, didn't go to an HBCU or know better. Because if I, in front of white people, 
I literally just would have been like the sitting vice president graduated from my university. That's I just would have dropped. But I think that gets. To, but I think that gets to his perspective, and that I think he is writing also how I see it. I think he is writing for people of mixed race and also for, Say it. No, know, he was. for progressive white people. That was a, that was a line for them, for them to be like, oh, now I understand this thing. That's, it's a yeah. black version. Like that's, that's, that wasn't for us, yeah. which I think is also the, the frustration is that. If we want to be honest, that movie well, not then I think that, that gets to a larger problem. And I, <laughs> that's, that, that is to me why I just haven't watched, I haven't been pressed to watch the film because I'm like, that's, we've seen that before whether it's you know um the 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 bernie mac ashton kutcher film that came out like which which was actually knee slapping funny though that was knee slapping to me bernie mac oh i miss bernie mac so much and like you know jungle fever all these other movies play off that like this movie's been done before and i think it's especially to be written from that perspective where i also think he's writing for the amusement of white people i think it'd be Mm -hmm. interesting to write a story of like here is the black response or here is the things that black people are going to trying to adjust to being integrated with a white family that is a story that i would actually find interesting but you're focusing on it from like hey here's the betterment of white people and here's how we actually can all get along for a happy ending that oftentimes doesn't happen (laughs) yeah and that's just not the case but anywho um do we have time to talk about this pirate boss thing i think we should just tweet it out this has been a long episode. I mean, I don't really have much of a <laughs> comment. I'm not a fashion girl. I read the article. They were basically accusing him of not, if you wanted to buy products from him, you couldn't buy products from him. And basically- You actively was, can't right now. Yeah, you can't. And he, he took all this momentum and money and press or whatever, but didn't really use it to the betterment of us and our people in the fashion collective or whatever. But with 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 the backdrop that the brand was started, using kind of black oppression and you know his first kind of fashion show was like displaying in the background like body cam footage Mm -hmm. which i wouldn't have done but like it's just interesting he had the families like sitting in the front row and then there was like blood i was like what is happening but i'm not a fashion girl like that so no comments yeah we'll tweet that i was was kind of rooting for bro but to your point uh well not to your point but Maybe the point I was attempting to make, like when we was having a meal conversation about venture capitalists and like funding or whatever, like I think, especially for Black people, when we get on, if you don't have a strong team in place, it's going to be really hard for you to sustain. Yeah. I and I think, I think this is the case of him. I just don't think he, I just don't think he had that much of a strong vision. <laughs> I yeah, think it was kind of like he got hot way before he probably thought he should have. Or, he got hot and probably was just like, oh, shit. And it just might not have been, from if, from reading the whole article, it just seemed like he got hot and then it just kind of seemed like he was like, all right. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. <laughs> all right. It was like, whatever. Okay, I'm hot. Oh, I really got to do work? I really have to show up and do yeah. this? That's what it was. I got all these celebrities. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. But that's what I'm yeah. saying. The, the team, like, we got a team. I don't think it's a team, but that's what I'm talking about. I don't think it's a team. team. I think it was him, it's him. the director. It's him. <laughs> he said oh we got a bag let's all go to joshua tree come on yeah like, like, and like and that's okay but i think it's just like it's a cautionary tale of like he just blew you're wasting your time sir so. yeah um happy black now mackenzie, my people yeah now mackenzie i'm gonna give you the floor um beyonce tickets just talk to me as a music lover 
Are Actually, you... no. I think she's a terrible singer. No one needs to get tickets. Um, I'm y'all. Shut up. She lying. Wait. No, she I'm, I'm so stressed. Cities. I'm so stressed. Can I ask? I'm... Can I ask you one question? Is um, are you going to go to Poland? Are you going to go to Denmark? Are you because apparently the tickets here those are cooked uh, from what I've heard. No, <laughs> no, 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 not yet. They go on sale on Monday. Um, I'm registered in three different cities. Um, so Bob McKenzie I'm... in Birmingham. In you your might, time you might. I'm show. always. I've been to every single Beyonce concert in my adult life. I think. Yes. Wait, you for real? Life. I've been to every single concert. Bro, if you get them tickets, we are gonna have to talk. Because... No, it's not an if. I will get them. Tickets. No, when you we gonna bro, like for me, I'm not. I don't even play those games. No, you don't think she's like one. Of, you have. She's like a Michael Jackson, bro. She I is. never said she wasn't. I never said she. Oh, what I said you she was trying to downplay it. I'm not gonna no, lie. No, I'm, I'm so I'm... dramatic. When she officially announced, I almost cried. Like I was like, oh my god. Well, I'm not. That's there. why I didn't do all that. But when I when. <laughs> No, I, I love her McKen- so much. And the I Grammys. I was texting Mackenzie, like, how I signed up, where I, da, 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 because I want to go, bro. That I feel like that's an experience you it have is. to have. Especially given the fact that there are no visuals. I think it makes this show oh even gosh. more important. It's funny. I could, once it announced... It, people, if you follow Mackenzie on Twitter, go to her Twitter that day. I could just sense that she was in shambles. <laughs> I was like, no, seriously, y'all. And the Grammys are um coming up, or they're this coming weekend. up, and. Mm-hmm. You know, I think though everybody's like, when is she going to retire or when is she really? I don't think she'll ever officially retire, but I do think, and she is a fellow Virgo. I think she really has her eyes set on album of the year. And she, I won't say she was, she, she was robbed. I mean, yeah, she was robbed. It. Even though I do like my girl Adele, I really do love her. And I think that she won't stop until she gets album of the year. Um, when did Adele win? When, when, what album did she It have, was um, the one where, oh gosh, Formation, or is it Formation? Lemon, yeah. it was lemonade. It was lemonade. lemonade. Yeah, lemonade. yeah, she should have got it for that. Yeah, that's lemonade. a travesty. It was um, lemonade. But I mean, but that goes to the Oscars. They don't give album. Yeah. The, the Black people who they do give album of the year to, it's always weird. Yeah. It's like always weird. Some it's random like, guy from like Nashville. I mean, like, or it's like Leon, um, Leon Black, or yeah. not, um, whatever the dude who does the, who does the music on the Colbert show. Like he wins it. And you're like, Black people don't listen to him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Um, uh, but no, I, I had I, to ask that. So I need these tickets for real. But my thing is like, how much is about to be? I mean, you just have to have to have a. Ooh, you just have to have a cap for yourself in mind. Oh, I thought that's, you were going to say you have to have an active credit card. <laughs> oh, no. You have to have a cap, but that's that also too. why I am registered in smaller markets too, because New York, DC, the major major cities, they're going to be either sold out super quick. Or they're just gonna be super the taxed. Yes. Bro, you are so smart for that. I did. I did Philly. I need to stop talking. I'm dumb. I'm stupid. Please don't register. Go to New York. Go to New York. But no, you can't register anymore. You can't. Oh, register. No, they extended it to tomorrow. See, you don't even know. They extended. The girl said, "We're going to Mobile, Alabama. Get in." They added more. No, I'm gonna end up And they Birmingham. added more dates. And they since they added more dates, they extended the registration to tomorrow. See, I'm a true Beyonce fan. Like I know what's going on. Don't worry about it. Bruh, Mackenzie, we're gonna have a great time at this. Get the tickets. I'm a, I'll pay for them. Hmm. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> look, 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 just get them all the tickets. Not in the mess, man. 
Happy Black yes. History Month. Yes. <laughs> this has been a great episode. So this has been season three, episode eight. Be sure <laughs> to follow us on all of our social media. That includes TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at WRGOPod. Be sure to also like, listen, subscribe, and share on all of our streaming pod- platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Happy Black History Month. <laughs>